Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversation with MedTech leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Deezer. Today, our guest is Dr. Anand Shivastava, uh, MS, PhD, Chairman and Co-Founder of California-based Global Institute of Stem Cell Therapy and Research, Geostar, headquarters, headquartered in San Diego, California. United States. Geostar is, is the world's leading stem cell therapy and research institute involved with stem cell therapy and research work for over 20 years. Dr. Shivastava, or Dr. Anand, is a world-renowned authority in the field of stem cell biology, cancer, and gene therapy. Dr. Anand has helped develop several research programs and has a, an extensive research experience in the field of stem cells with uh, which is documented by several publications in revered scientific journals. We also have today Mr. Devin Patel, President, CEO, and co-founder of Geostar. Dr. Anand, Devin, it's great to have you here in the show. Welcome. Thank you very much, Julio. And this is honored to be here with you today. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, guys, let's get started with the conversation. Um, Let's talk first about your involvement with Latin America. How is your journey to the region in a personal or professional level? How is it that you guys got to know Latin America? How is it that you guys got involved with all these uh, countries, this vast region of over 600 million people that very few people really, really know about? <laughs> You know, and um, this is one of the most beautiful continent and beautiful people with a tremendous culture and the history that rest of the world really don't understand. Tremendous uh, uh, natural resources, you know, tremendous uh, 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 spiritual uh, background that this whole culture has to offer that we are not understanding or we are not taking it seriously. And the people are the most beautiful people, very talented, very smart, very capable, very entrepreneurial. And that is in our experience. We travel around the whole Latin America, starting from Central America, Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica, Colombia, Brazil, Chile, all the way there. And every culture, every country you go has a very unique and a special culture. And the beauty is we've been always invited by a very important people of that part of the world. Like for Panama, we were invited by the father of the nation uh, uh, to help the Panama work on this field for many, many years ago. Same with Mexico. You know, we were invited by one of the top, um, you know, uh, political leaders of the Mexico. Colombia, we were invited by one of the oldest um, foundation that was almost 104 or five year old. And that whole foundation purpose to exist was to provide free and most advanced clinical treatments to the people of Colombia. Okay. Uh, Chile, I was there and I was shocked. It was the most expensive 
you know, country, I would say, you know, <laughs> more expensive than Los Angeles. And I, I was shocked. <laughs> well, Chile is the Switzerland of Latin America. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. In every country we go, we even went to some small countries. I'm forgetting the names. But everywhere we went, the food, the people, the ambience. I mean, culture is phenomenal. I love it. Awesome, Anand. I'm sorry, <laughs> Devin. I'm so happy to hear that. So, Dr. Anand, what's your take in Latin, uh, Latin America? What's your journey so, to so the region? So, Devin really explained so nicely. The point is here that, you know, we uh, uh, we born in India. We are from India, okay? And uh, if you see, uh, and of course, Devin has told me that from Chile to Mexico and even in California, uh, it's so vibrant culture. And... Uh, a vibrant, when I say the vibrant culture is not uh, only one word, okay? The, the culture of happiness, culture of how to, how to really receive your guests, how to yes. live in multicultural society, how to accept the other thoughts. So, and people are so big hearted. Then once you go, you feel that. Okay, you feel that the point is point is not that people are good. You go and you feel that yes, they they are so welcoming. So some sometimes I always talk to them whenever I go to like Colombia or Costa Rica or Mexico, you know, uh, and we have our uh, facilities in Mexico and other places. So whenever I go, I I say them, uh, why we need treatment here? Once you come here, you automatically get healed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go back to the states. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. and 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 uh, we are fortunate that we are in San Diego, California, because uh, once you go to Mexico or you be in the San Diego, California, basically, you don't feel a lot of difference in the culture. One, you know, both are very multicultural society, very accepting society, and very vibrant. That's what I find, and that's what uh, uh, attracts me. And being Indian, we, we are very much habitual of living in all multicultural India, you know, every 20 miles, the language changes and every 50 miles, the culture changes. So we are like very much fond of, of facing all these uh, cultures. Now it is not shock, but I'm just telling you. So you feel like very home also. Yes, yes, that's a great point. I think uh, Latin America is closer to the Middle East to Asia, to India, particularly, um, than to the yeah. U.S. culture, the Anglo-Saxon yeah, Western, culture. you can say, like so, Western countries. Yeah, Western, exactly, I agree, I agree. Well, we, we all came from the Spanish. The Spanish have good lives. <laughs> I mean, these people are so happy, always drinking, partying, and all that. Anyway, guys, let's talk about business. <laughs> let's let's uh, talk about trends in Latin America. What major trends you see happening from the political, social, economic, or uh, disease standpoint that are uh, relevant to our, our discussion about stem cell research and treatments uh, today? In, in Latin America, I see a lot of doctors because we travel a lot in Latin America. And the trend is that they do want to bring more advanced sciences to their people. And the best part in especially they regenerative medicine, where we call it stem cell science. They want to bring that to their people as fast as possible. And we're being on the top of this 
field, being the pioneer of the stem cell field, Dr. Anand being the pioneer who started this modern field of stem cell science 20 years ago in the top University of Southern California, University of California, San Diego, Salk Institute, Burnham Institute, UCLA, UCI, all these universities. And our mission also, GeoStar mission is very simple. This is most elite, expensive, and advanced science of mankind. And we want to make it available to the masses. Now, how do you make it available most expensive science to the masses? You know, so what we do, we work with the governments and that governments of different countries help us access to the masses and help us bring the cost down and also sometimes finance the cost. So then affordability of this most advanced science becomes very cheap. And that's yeah. what our goal is to make it available to the masses. Very good. Dr. Yeah, Anand, I, any uh, comments? I, I very much uh, agree with Devin, but one, one point is here that what you told, like uh, the socioeconomical situation and why the Latin America or, or uh, is, is most important place right now. Okay, so we have to understand one thing very clearly that now world before, I think before 80s, you know, 1980s, the world was very contrast, you know, developed world and developing world. Yes. That was the category of the entire globe. So after coming this information technology, now, and developed world is already developed world, okay. Now, this Latin America, which is most of the time, we say it is developing countries. Okay. So because of this uh, information technology, now the information and uh, all the science and technology, everything is flowing very smoothly all around the globe. The people in the Latin America, particularly, as I told, they're very intelligent, very vibrant, very enthusiastic. And not only this, they have very strong point and that, that we have to really understand that point. They are also having the essence of the life, how to really lead a life, even if you are rich, poor, or even if you are deprived with the things. But they understand the happiness is the most important point for the life, not the money. Yes, money is important. So with the flow of this information technology, now, because they have all this intelligence, the enthusiasm, fight for the progress, utilizing the technology and science information to bring the uplifting of the society. So, so I will tell the government and the people, both are seeing this opportunity after it is very well. And the young generation in the Latin America, which, who are very computer savvy, and now the cell phone is very important. Yes. Everybody has that cell phone, <laughs> you know. So thousands, thousands, millions of ideas are coming every day because they are exposed to very multicultural society, having the inflow of information for developed country, applying their thought process and intelligence to bring every day something very extraordinary and new. And governments are also very supportive because they understand this is very important to, to help entire globe. So Western, Western countries are also helping to bring this technology to uh, Latin America. So this young generation who was very vibrant and enthusiastic, ready to fight, 
for good goodness and uplifting the their lifestyle so that's what i see the socio economical and cultural uh, heritage and positiveness of the latin america to face the challenge of the new modern world and i think they are face uh, they are they are really meeting the challenge very well Yes, yes, that's a that's a great point, Dr. Anand. Latin America, in my opinion, I'm 50 years old and I was born in Colombia, born and raised in Colombia, and I've seen the the progress of the region. I mean, dramatic progress. And now, for the first time in the history of the region, you have four OECD countries. This is, I mean, really big. The first one was Chile, then Mexico, then Colombia, now Costa Rica a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, the OECD is a club of, of wealthy countries around the world with the best policies to develop society. I mean, from the social, economic, political, uh, et cetera, uh, standpoints. So, and also you have the trade, the, these trade packs, uh, with different countries around the world. Uh, the free trade agreement with the U.S., the free trade agreement with the Euro with Europe, with Korea, with Japan. You have the Pacific Alliance, the the trade block of Mexico, Colombia, Chile, and and Peru. Now Panama, Costa Rica want to join. So it's really the region is really is maturing. That's what I want to say. Anyway, guys, so let's talk about about what you guys are doing. In Latin America, let's first talk about the grant and the science. What's really going on in this field of, of, of stem cell research? What are the trends and, and, and how Latin America is playing a major role in, in, in the field in general and in what you particularly as a company are doing? Uh, first, we have to understand uh, what is the stem cell science and why it is so important for the human being. And for that, we have to understand very well, uh, first, that what is the medical science overall? And you see the pandemic of COVID-19 really uh, told everybody that where we, in fact, stand in the field of medical science today. Even this small virus can create such a big help for entire uh, humanity. And uh, so uh, not, not, nobody should be in the confusion once we are talking about the uh, medical science. So... In fact, the fact of the matter, the medical science can treat only the foreign treat. I'm talking the word treat, treatment. Uh, only the foreign infection like bacteria, virus, not virus, bacteria and microorganism. Viruses we cannot still treat, as you know, the COVID-19, Ebola, yes. HIV, AIDS, all these things. And, uh, and of course, the surgery is very good. If somebody is going under uh, trauma or some accident or bone broken or something, So the if you can treat something mechanically by cutting and pasting, uh, you can do very well because surgical instruments are very, very good and doctors are also very good. So what is happening? Like only bacteria, virus, uh, bacteria and, and uh, microorganism, foreign infection, not the virus, sorry. And the trauma means with the surgery. These are the only things you can treat. But all other things which is comes under which comes under metabolic diseases, uh, which is not happening because of any kind of foreign infection or trauma, you cannot treat. You just can manage it. 
and those really cover almost 70% of the entire human diseases wow this is yeah. fascinating because, i never because, heard this before how many diseases is getting caused by bacteria or microorganism very few and how many things you can correct by surgery okay you can do heart heart uh, bypass surgery or maybe some liver transplant and all these things okay that's all but now metabolic disease it is not happening and viruses you cannot treat even if it is foreign infection so what are the metabolic disease your body has some kind of malfunction it is not because of any trauma or foreign infection and that malfunction start expressing and then a person gets the disease like alzheimer brain brain function is going down alzheimer parkinson neuromuscular disease uh, lung is having problem liver is having problem, aging uh, hair is falling and then eyesight is going down hypercholesterol diabetes arthritis autism you name it now you see why i told 70% disease are metabolic and you cannot treat it you just can manage it so if somebody has diabetes what what he has to do every day he has to tell, take pills somebody has hypercholesterol he has to take pills every single day somebody has thyroid he has to take pills every day treatment means once you take the medicine you get recovered and you become same as you was before the disease like any bacterial infection suppose somebody has pneumonia he gets the antibiotic and after uh, clearance of the bacteria he becomes the same as he was before exactly and we have a specific biomarker where we can say he's clear yeah. of that and bacteria. he doesn't need to take yeah. any more medicine any more exactly but in yeah. metabolic disease you just maintaining so when i was critically thinking this and then this i oh my god i i was totally shocked to know this uh, i analyze and i thought what what is this and we talk is such a huge about medical science and this and unfortunately that is proven by this covid-19 uh, pandemic that where we really stand so now come on the stem cell science so what what kind of diseases or metabolic diseases a person may face there are two kinds of only one your organs are losing function or degenerating or damaged and second your organ may be over functional like cancer okay what happens in cancer cancer like cells start growing unlimited yeah. and you, if that forms the cancer so only two kind so most of the, most of the time body goes under regeneration or degeneration with the aging or organs get damaged because of some kind of problem malfunction of the body i say okay i use this term malfunction so when the and we know that our body entire body is made of stem cell because the stem cell is the master cell of the body so each when in, so entire body is made of stem cell and what is the body body is the combination of the organs it means each and every single organ is made of stem cell so that that's the start of entire entire point for me 20 years back when i was uh, working at university of california san diego medical school and uh, so this idea came in my mind and when stem cell is the master cell and every single organ is made of stem cell is it possible to really take out the stem cell in the lab and uh, culture and somehow to see whether you can repair uh, the damaged organ or degenerating organs 
And that's the story starts. So that's the beauty of these stem cells. Okay. So at that time, nobody else was thinking in this very few. direction? Very, very few. Very few. Very few. Uh, that time, you know, in 90s, the gene therapy was the very uh, dominant. And if you remember, in 90s, uh, everybody was, all the scientists, and they spent mi millions of dollars to sequence the human gene. And the idea... And an idea was the sequencing of the human gene that once we know the correct sequence of the entire human gene, then you can go and uh, change the defective gene with the correct gene. So you can really treat the person. So that's what the human genome program in 90s and, and it, it's still going on, uh, gene therapy, and it's a very good program. And I was also doing the gene therapy. I, I was not in the field of stem cell science. And in fact, I showed in 1999 that you can change the pancreatic gene with the correct gene. So that may, uh, and, and that shows the route to help and treat the diabetes of using the gene therapy. And that time I was in Japan, uh, working at Japan under the uh, invitation by Prime Minister of Japan, who gave me the award in the science. So saying that, uh, but gene therapy is very, very complex. And uh, you need a lot of training. The clinicians need needs a lot of training and other things. And I realized I published uh, very strong papers in the field of gene therapy as well. And this today Pfizer vaccine, Madonna and or AstraZeneca, all this uh, gene-based vaccine, uh, which they are making, I published uh, the same technology in 2005 from U University of California, San Diego Medical School. And exactly doing this and showing that how you can do the insert a gene to develop the immunity for a foreign infection. And that was published in Topmost Journal called Vaccine in 2005, okay. 15, 16 years back. And that's the technology today, this Pfizer and Madonna, everybody. Huh. Really? Wow. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway, so let, let's let's resume probably talking about... about um, the, the clinics in Latin America. Let's go back to medical tourism and all that, please. Yeah. So basically, best way to expand in Latin America first is through medical tourism because medical tourism allow those countries to create a lot of revenues for their people, you know? And that's the best way because investors are familiar with the tourism, but now we're adding a medical tourism on top of it, which expand their economies and allow them to generate a lot of revenue and DEX dollars for the country. So that's the one first and easier and faster way to do that. And secondly, also because you said there are 600 million people in Latin America and they're looking for cures for many conditions. And if we can do those clinical trials in those particular jurisdictions in Latin America, first of all, it's cheaper. Yes. It may be faster to yes. reach more patients. Yeah. Governments are pretty much open to do this because you're being... GeoSAR being a you know US-based organization, being leader in the field of stem cell science for 20 years, they really very they are very much open to allow us to do those clinical trials. And best part of regenerative medicine, especially stem cells, if you know the science like us, being the pioneer and the leader in the field, you can really do the fast track clinical trial. And the best part is there's not much side effects. So you're not hurting people. That's the because you're concerned in Latin America that Westerners are using them as a guinea pigs, and that's not the case. That part is because of stem cell science, which is not hurting people and not a lot of many side effects or very little or none. 
So the clinical trials can go very fast. And then those products can be available at a very affordable rate. Goal is see the, when you have a, this uh, pharma mindset, you were talking about, you know, selling it too high, but you really have to understand in the business point of view, when you do, when you have a 600 million people, you have to talk about bringing the price down and make it affordable to everybody. That will bring more money than making your price high. And the best part is by bringing it price down, it, you make it affordable to the people. So you're helping everybody of every strata of that economy, you know, and you're not leaving anybody behind. That's the best part. And no side effects. Yeah, agree. Totally agree. Yes, makes sense. But um, Devin, let's talk about medical tourism for a second. What's the driver of this medical tourism? And just for the for the sake of clarity for the audience, we're talking about medical tourism uh, in the sense of, of uh, U.S. or European patients traveling to Latin America to receive stem cell treatments, right? Yes. Okay. So what's the driver? What's happening in the U.S.? What's happening in Canada? What's happening in Europe that 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 we've seen this influx of, of patients to Latin America? So because uh, FDA is now uh, cracking down on a lot of uh, American clinics, and, and same thing in Canada, that they don't want these doctors to practice this unproven uh, 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 treatments that they call it, uh, because these doctors are nothing wrong that they are they they are. It's just these doctors don't know the science to how to practice this properly. And FDA in America wants them to do full-fledged clinical trials and after only after that, testing the efficacy, safety, and all that, then you can practice. So what is that 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 is creating a huge vacuum <laughs> that there are so many patients that they cannot wait for another five, ten years for these clinical trials to finish. And you know, they have a condition now and they want the answer or treatment for that. So that is creating a humongous opportunity for Latin America to come to the step up to the plate. And companies like ours who are very well worse in this science, hardcore research companies, but we have a relationship with the Latin American governments who are allowing our protocols to be practiced uh, because the safety and efficacy data is very well done. And that is allowing a lot of American patients, Canadian patients or European patients to come and those treatment now, not five years later. That's the dynamics. And, and I will, I will like to add here one more important thing, particularly when you ask about U.S. and opportunities in Latin America. So we have to understand one more thing. Again, here the point of the uh, culture and the uh, information technology and enthusiasm of the government. As I told that. Uh, Science and uh, particularly stem cell science, because uh, we have been the, I'm one of the, them, the initiator of the stem cell science 20 years back with few more people. So we are leading here. And then uh, once we uh, go and teach somebody how to do the stem cell science, so we can bring the stem cell science very, very much up to the mark in that particular country, like in India. We, we are in India also. Uh, we are invited by Prime Minister of India. So and establishing the stem cell science. We, we were invited by uh, Chinese uh, government to help their stem cell science. So, so this way, we are not just going to do the stem cell science, but we are also bringing the uh, level of the science, the stem cell science or regenerative medicine, you can say, very scientific way to up to the mark, which can meet and also educate the young generation and create a platform to really 
to really bring this medical science and treating the people because this is one of the most holistic i can say approach to treat the people as they went told with very least or almost no side effect side effects it's it's 100% safe yes that's what i understand and, and basically you guys are raising the bar the standards in yeah. latin america because one of the problems that are happening in latin america and correct me if i'm wrong is that we have all these clinics it's a proliferation of us funded clinics and also doctors local doctors doing stem cell treatments in their little offices yeah, yeah. mom and pop shops doing stem cell treatments what's happening here why do you, do we see this proliferation why is it that there's no regulation or anything in, in latin america or there's not much education about stem cell in the region uh i i will say that uh, that is not in fact the case because uh, the the government really is uh, in latin america also very alert and and good and they really want to bring the good science at the same time they have to make a balance between the uplifting of the science in their country and educating their doctors because who is doing this the, as you told the doctors are doing in their clinics the only only problem is here that those these doctors are not well trained in the stem cell science that's true yes good point they, they are trained in the medical science in general way but what i would suggest for uh, latin america and, and also i i talked with several places in latin latin america that anybody who wants to do it they can go or any doctors or clinic or hospitals they can go and get a real training like for any specialization like somebody wants to be neuro neurosurgeon so they go and do the neurosurgeon uh, neurosurgeon uh, the education or, or the training at least for two years to get that degree so they this way these doctors can get this specified degree in the regenerative medicine stem cell science if they want to do and it's the matter of uh, 16 months or maybe two years okay then they can really understand the science bring this science up to the level of global level you can say and also help the patient most proper and very stronger way so that's the way it should be done yes yes and and i also see a an issue here of the speed of the regulators versus the speed of the science probably the science is advancing faster than the speed of the regulators yeah. so the regulatory agency in a country is not still overseeing all these clinics i mean they don't have the resources they don't have the 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 understanding of what what's going on and things 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 is so easy to do stem cell treatments i mean anybody pretty much any doctor can do it at, at, at his office uh, julio so, uh, dr ron let me just add one little thing so julio yeah. what we are trying to do is we go around the world for last 20 years and help those countries to develop their stem cell policy stem cell transplant program that's great program stem cell treatment yes program. yes and when we help them develop that standards then everybody have to live up to that standard and the best part is the patient gets the most highest level of care in a most safest environment so that's what we are doing anyways and that's where we're going to continue to do that because as you said technology is moving fast regulators are not that's where we come in help the regulators to develop the policies that are more adaptive and more comprehensive and at the same time safe way and faster way to bring 
get science and regulators together so the proliferation of the modern science can happen same time and in a short amount of time and people can get the most of the benefit. But at the end of the day, it's all about providing the best treatment to your people. Excellent. Very good. Um, one quick um, uh, question here is, what countries do you see there are at the forefront of this in Latin America? Uh, Colombia, Brazil, Panama? Yeah, Colombia, Brazil, Panama, Mexico, Costa Rica, Bahamas, if you want to add that. Bahamas, yes, yes, yeah. And, and now the the Caribbeans are coming in because we're getting calls from Caribbean governments and people for almost last three years or more, four years, I would say. They wanted to be part of it because they want because they're small countries, small island countries, and they want to with their people. But the best part is they wanted to generate that medical tourism in already in a medical tourism so they i mean sorry in the in a tourism business in the tourism business yes exactly yeah. medical tourism so that expands their economies and this is the best way to do it and that where i think i'm going to be going to uh, barbadosa and trinidad and a couple of other islands governments are ready to move on with us very very interesting you know a lot of these caribbean countries trinidad and tobago aruba curacao uh, and smaller islands, they travel to Colombia for medical care, cardiovascular, cancer, etc. And now we have U.S. patients <laughs> coming to these countries to receive way more advanced care with stem cells. So it's kind of a contradictory, but it's, it's fascinating to see the dynamics. That's what we are trying to do around the entire Latin America to bring that standard so anywhere you go, doesn't matter whether it's Colombia, Colombia being the top right now, whether you go to Colombia or Brazil or, you know, Panama or Caribbean, you will get the same Hyatt standard because we are there and we are helping those governments, those jurisdictions to bring science uh, up to the mark. And and I think uh, in next two to three years, I think they'll be able to. Beautiful. Break All right, guys. Okay. We are close to the end of the show. Anything else to add, Dr. Anand? I, I would uh, just, uh, because we are talking about how to really manage this situation, which you are talking that every each uh, here or there people are doing stem cells. And so my, my suggestion is that, uh, yes, it is very important science. So it, it must be going like that. But anybody, any doctor or clinic or hospital wants to do that, first, a doctor must go for at least one and a half year of the training. Second, uh, that particular doctor who is doing or their team member or maybe supported by a scientist, that scientist must be having at least at least three publications in the field of stem cell science. So when you, you when you talk about the peer review publications in the field of stem cell science, that automatically and three publications means that reduces the yeah. So, so that is the best way to best way to uh, monitor or enhance. So, people. So, what is going to happen? There are good two things are going to happen. First, when they you put publication, original publication, then the people who wants to do the stem cell science, they will be really serious about their job because they are going to work in the lab to create something and then publish it because you are going to deal with the human being. Second, the doctor who is treating, if he is having some special uh, education, so he also knows. 
because this is most sophisticated and ultimate science to treat the human being. And this is the present and future both. So why not to make it like that? And it is not a big deal. So this way you can you can you can enhance the country science also because if if suppose X or a, a young boy or a young scientist working in the lab published three papers in the stem cell science, he can join any clinic. So you are not only bringing uh, bringing the science, you are bringing the technology. You are giving a lot of job to this scientist. Yes, these scientists are going to help lot of hospitals then lot of inflow of the real patient and you can very confidently tell that i am really helping with this science and and regulatory agencies also will not then worry too much what how to really regulate the thing okay you have three publication show the real publication doctor is having some training for somewhere maybe any doctor like or, or our institution or there one or two more institution like us maybe or some universities you're done. You don't need to worry about any regulation then. We are, we are creating the world's first stem cell university. We got five years from now. Really? The majority of diseases will be treated with stem cells. So if you don't know about science, you'll have all those doctors. They have to learn. Otherwise, they'll be left behind. So we're building world's largest and first stem cell university that's coming. And then campuses will be spread around the world. So what... We are there. That's badly needed, Devin. That's great news. Fascinating. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I don't really think there's formal education at this point, right? Hmm. All right, guys. We are um, close, very close to the end of the show. Uh, any final words of wisdom or anything to any uh, other life science companies looking to or just exploring to do business in Latin America? What would you say to the CEO of a company that is just starting to explore the region? First, you have to understand the regulations of the country that's there and then work with the regulators directly. Show them what you're bringing and how they can meet their regulations or help them bring the regulation to the higher standards. That's the only way. But you have to work with the regulators. That's the best way to enter in any Latin American company. Well said. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Dr. Anand. De yes. All right. Devin, Dr. Anand, thank you so much. It's been a delightful conversation. I'm sure listeners uh, got a lot out of it. This is totally a new field, an upcoming field. And I'm learning uh, as we go. I mean, this is fascinating stuff going on in Latin America. Thank you, Julio. You're one of the best hosts. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.